Let's turn to the Word of God again. And as we were talking about hope with the kids, and the theme of our message today will be also hope. And we'll read from God's Word from 1 John 2, verse 28, up to chapter 3, verse 3. So just a few verses. So 1 John 2, 28 says, And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you might be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who does hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Amen. So my friends, there are three great words in Christian vocabulary, and I'm sure we can all say that there's faith, hope, and love. And we normally hear those during Christmas about those three words. And faith and love, they receive lots of attention. But hope, I'm afraid, is often neglected. And as I said, the focus of our Bible reading and text this morning is hope. And at times of fear and uncertainty that we are living for so many reasons. I want you, I want us to look this morning at the Christian's hope, which is something wonderful to explore. And hope, hope is, is an important spiritual gift, a very important spiritual gift. And as long as there is hope, there is life. So hope, by definition, is future, right? We don't hope for what we already have, but in what we do not yet have. So that's pretty logic. But in saying this, I don't want to take away from our present life. Because right now, we experience the forgiveness of sins. Right now, we have the presence, the gifts, and the fruit of the Spirit. Right now, is our privilege to serve and worship our Lord. Right now, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. We have a wonderful fellowship right now. Right now, we have eternal life. Right now, we have joy. Right now, we have the communion of saints. We have fellowship. Right now, we experience answered prayers. Right now, ours is salvation. So right now, we have all of this. But none of, none of it is fully realized. It awaits something, it awaits completion and fulfillment. And when that happens, when hope is realized, we will see that what we have in this life is but a shadow of the wonderful reality that awaits us. We have an amazing salvation, my friends. 
a wonderful salvation. But hope says that the greatest part of our salvation still awaits us. The greatest part of our salvation still awaits us. Because our hope is not in this life. And the Apostle Paul can say this in 1 Corinthians 15, 19. He says, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. So if your hope is in this life, we will get disappointed eventually. Because this life, even at, at its very best, is brief and prone to trouble and heartache. And we know this very well. If you don't have anything to hope for beyond this life, my friends, then your hope is nothing but a vapor. They appears for a little while and then disappears straight after. And pick anything in this life, anything. If your hope is money, then it will disappoint you sooner than later. If your hope is in entertainment or things, relationships, family, school, sports, even alcohol and drugs, if your hope is in any of those things, they will surely disappoint you now and again. If your hope is in this life, then this is not hope at all. You see, every political philosophy and politicians, they hold out wishes and fantasies and promises. Same with every economic system, for example. But let me tell you something, none of them deliver. None of them deliver. And in, in spite of what prime minister says and presidents and MP, MPs, none of them deliver. So my first question for you this morning is, what, so what awaits us? What is that hope that we hope for? What does John hold before our eyes here in our passage? And if you go back to chapter 3, verse 2, he says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. We shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. So what is our hope? That we shall be like him. Our hope is that we shall be like Christ. And I could finish my message now. You really don't need anything else. But Norman asked me to preach for half an hour. So we're going to continue. <laughs> so we shall be like him. Our hope is that we shall be like Christ. And Apostle Paul again explained this in Romans 8. Romans 8.23. He says, we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons. The redemption of our bodies. We already have the redemption of our souls, as I said. We have been born again and we have been given a new nature. We have been transformed by the renewing, regenerating spirit of God. We are new in the inner man. But we still have the old man of sin in our flesh. 
and we battle through all the time. So we hope and pray for the redemption of our body too. We hope and pray for a body to go with the redeemed soul. We hope and pray for a redeemed body that is like Christ's body. Without indwelling sin or the effects of sin. A body perfect and pure. So our hope is in a new and better life. In a new and better body. In, in a new and better place. Wonderful. So our hope is future, right? That was our first point. And our second point is that our hope comes from God. And our hope is in God. It sounds pretty obvious, but it's always good to stress our hope is God. It comes from God. It, is, it isn't men, it isn't politician, it isn't socialism or capitalism, it isn't democracy, none of this. Our hope is in God. A God who is trustworthy and unchanging. A God whose yes is yes and whose no is no. A God who has spoken, my friends. A God who has promised God who has lavished his love on us. So our hope is in God, no man. Because man is so fickle, unchangeable. Because man is so small and helpless. Because man is so limited in time and space and ability. We are limited beings. And Paul describes, Paul again, describes lost humanity in Ephesians chapter 2. And he says that, describes humanity as those having no hope and without God in the world. So if you don't have God, you have no hope. Life without God is, is empty. It's futile. It's meaningless. Without God, I live I die and I'm buried and that's it. That's it. There is no more. There is no hope. But our hope is in God. Our hope is in God. And that's why we should listen carefully to the words of Psalm 43. So listen to these wonderful words. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation in my God. Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation in my God. The psalmist here, he admits that he is downcast. He is disturbed and distressed about something. We don't know what, but he is distressed about something. Something has left him depressed, upset, or discouraged. But notice his solution. Stop feeling, don't feel sorry for yourself and hope in God. Remember God is your hope. Remember God is your help. Remember God has made you and promises to look after you. 
Remember, God has promised you a better tomorrow in the future life. Our hope is in God again. And this means the hope is a gift of His grace. Paul, Paul again, so I'm quoting Paul quite a lot, as you notice, okay, but I'll keep quoting him. Paul actually says this in Thessalonians. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God of our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Hope comes by his grace, my friends. Meaning what? Meaning hope is not something you earn. Meaning hope is not something you deserve. Meaning hope is not something you can demand. Never let it be said that we did something to earn hope. Because hope is a gracious gift. And God is the source of that gift. So it is God by grace who gives us hope. Hallelujah. Our God is in God. Our hope is in God and His promises. And we all know where, where to find these promises, do we? We all know where God lays out His promises. In His Word, my friends, in the Bible. In Romans 14, 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Do you hear that? The scriptures were written so we might have hope. So we read that word. We study that word. We meditate on that word. We feed on it. And we let it nourish our souls. We feed on it and grow in hope, God's hope. When we turn to the Bible, we can give an answer to everyone, everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope we have. It's all laid out there, my friends. God's promises, our hope, our future life, our adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies, our hope in God is all promised and explained in the Bible. So read your Bible, meditate on it, feed on it, and grow in God's hope. So we have a future hope. We have a future hope given by God through grace by means of scriptures but another question for you so how do we know then that this hope is dependable and sure how do we know our hope will become reality and as I was saying to the kids there are lots of things that we hope for 
but many of them don't happen. And we hope to lose weight. We hope to exercise more often. I joined the gym last month. I probably went two times. So we keep hoping those things. We hope to visit or call your parents more often and to spend more time with your spouse and children in less time at work. We hope to read the Bible and pray every single day. We hope to be the star of the football team. We hope for your team to qualify, as I said. Lots of hopes we have. But many of them, and to be quite honest, most of them are never going to happen. Never going to happen. So how do we know the hope from God is any different? How do we know that it is a sure thing? And the Bible gives us the answer again. Our hope is sure because of Jesus. Our hope is sure because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And John, 1 John 3, 2, say that we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. We know. It doesn't say we guess or we think or we desire. We know. So we are giving surety here, security because of Christ. And this thought is further explained to us by Peter in his first letter. So 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So our hope is sure and secure because of the resurrection of Jesus. You know, if you look at the cross without also looking to the empty tomb, you have every reason to question whether our hope is realistic or not. Apart from Easter's resurrection, you do have every reason to question the power and mission of Jesus. But do you remember what was said by Job? And he said, And after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God. And do you remember why he was able to say this? You just go back one verse earlier, and he says a very famous words, for I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the last he will stand upon the earth. For I know that my Redeemer lives. Do you also remember the triumphant language used by Paul again in 1 Corinthians 15? He says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So my friends, if Christ has not been raised, my preaching, your faith, and our hope, it's useless. If Christ has not been raised, then we won't be raised either. 
But because He lives, we will also live. live. Because He lives, we can face tomorrow. Because He has been raised, ours is a sure and certain hope. Jesus is the reason for our hope. And Jesus' resurrection is the reason for our sure and certain hope. So recapping again, our hope is future. Our hope comes from God as a gift of grace through the scriptures. And our hope is secured by the work of Christ. Wonderful troops here. We had a wonderful Savior. And we had a wonderful hope. But just notice how the text ends. And everyone who does hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. And do you hear what John is saying here? John is saying the hopes, hope impacts behavior. John is saying hope affects conduct. John says that the hope we have is reflected in the way we live. So we do have a part here too. And there are different ways to change a person's behavior, right? And if you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. You give instruction, instructions to little children and you discipline them in order to make them act a certain way or don't do things that they shouldn't be doing. The government will pass laws in order to change behavior. Doctors will scare patients to change behavior before they have a heart attack or something like that. Adverts will promise, will promise you health, wealth, good times if you buy such things. So do you kind of see the approach that John takes here? We are to act a certain way because of the hope we have. Someday, we have the hope of being like Christ, right? Someday, we have the hope of redemption of the body. But we don't want to wait. And the wonderful truth is we don't have to wait, my friends. We want to be Christ right now. So now, already, Today, this morning, we strive to be pure, even as Christ is pure. That is, we strive for sanctification. We strive for a progressive decrease of sin and a progressive increase of holiness. So another question for you today, my friends. Do you want to live like someone with the Christian hope? Are you going to strive now, already, to be holy and pure, just like Christ? And John, he writes this against the Gnostics, who says that the body and its sense and desires, they don't matter. John writes this against the Gnostics who says, 
What counts is the mind and what it thinks. John writes this against the many churches and Christians today who show no concern for holiness and purity. And this is not what should happen, says John. Because those who hope to be like Christ, those who hope for the redemption of the body, strive now. Strive now to be like Christ. Now, already, today, to be like Christ. They strive for a life, like a, a bodily life, that is holy and pure. But John not only writes this against the Gnostics, right? But, but he also writes for the Christian, for you and me. And if you remember one of John's biggest concerns in this letter, it was how do we know who is a true Christian? It was the big question of his book. How do we know who is a true Christian? How do we know who is not real and true and sincere in their faith? Look, says John, look at whether the hope within leads to purity. And unlike what passes for popular Christian culture today, true Christians, real Christians, are concerned about holiness and purity. As a natural response for the wonderful hope that is given to us by Christ. I hope they secured by his resurrection. And if we want to be like Christ. And I know we do. We strive to be pure and holy. So just to conclude. Our hope is indeed future. Our hope comes from God as a gift of grace. Through scriptures. So read your Bible my friends. Read your Bible. Our hope is secured by the work of Christ. And our hope is shown in a life of purity. So is this hope yours? That will be my final question for you. Is this hope yours? And I know it is if you believe and confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, because you are indeed our hope. Thank you because we have a future hope because of you. Thank you because we are given hope by the scriptures, Lord. Thank you because our hope is sure and secure because of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we ask now for your help to lead our lives in a holy and pure manner as a response of your wonderful hope, Lord. As a response of your love. As a response of your salvation. We want to be like you, Jesus. We want to live a holy life and a pure life because we love you. And we can't no way to see you with our own eyes. 
We cannot wait to say the words that Job said, for I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last day I will see him. So thank you so much for the encouragement we have because of Jesus Christ. Amen.